and welcome back to Witch Fix and today I'm going to be looking at a book called The Kitchen Witch by Soraya and I hope I am saying that right. I have googled her, Julie, and um, it does appear that her name is just Soraya and no last name is listed which is a little bit odd but eh, there we go. So I got this book because I'm kind of interested in kitchen witchcraft. I have only read one book about kitchen witchcraft previously, and that was Kate West's The Real Witch's Kitchen. Uh, I don't really remember much about that book. I got it as a gift, and I remember selling it on eBay. Um, but it was quite interesting, and I do have a few bits of it that I've actually written into my book of shadows so as to keep forever so i thought it'd be quite interesting i do quite like to cook a lot of the stuff that i do magically involves herbs and plants and making things in the way of like potions and grinding together spices to make incense so it's kind of an area that i am interested in and this book was cheap on amazon and uh, so i decided to give it a quick look see uh, I was a little bit disappointed when it arrived and I had my first flick through, uh, I'll have to say, um, just on the surface of it. I, I flicked through and I was sort of expecting it to be a book that I could read. Um, by read I don't mean that like it's illegible or doesn't make any sense or anything like that. I just mean that because quite a lot of it, um, I would say 75%, is just recipes. Uh, and there's no real like bit on the recipe to say we make it like with this stuff because this is a, a herb for luck and this is a herb for love and mixed together and the relationship with like the symbolism of grain it doesn't really have that stuff it's just recipes so you can't really sit down and just read it as you would a normal non-fiction book and that kind of annoys me it annoys me as well in other books when you just read it and it's just a list of exercises to do it's like sometimes i just want to sit down and read a book and if I have to keep stopping to meditate or make soup, then it is just a little bit annoying. But when I got into it, I did actually find some quite interesting tidbits. So um, I'm going to share those with you now. Um, so the beginning is just an introduction to what it is to be a kitchen witch. And that's only like about a page, uh, a description of Wicca and its festivals. And then it kind of gets into... A little bit of a, a short essay like three pages on the importance of making your own food and not buying pre-cooked food or food that comes like a, a like a jar of sauce to make pasta um, because you have no idea of how it's been made or who made it or what emotional baggage has been put into it um, it does read like it comes from someone of an older generation uh, because I think nowadays a lot of us like for example it, it says like not to that they don't like drinking tea from tea bags they like drinking loose leaf tea and it's like well if your experience of tea bags is just like tetley tea then yeah you'll probably want to go loose leaf but you know we have like quite good tea bags now we have tea pigs or these sorts of like biodegradable tea bags full of actual you know bits of stuff instead of just tea dust and it kind of reads like they haven't really had the experience of like you know nowadays you can get like ready meals that are literally just like fresh food that has been frozen it's not necessarily just a bunch of processed crap in like a box that you nuke in the microwave i think we've moved on a little bit from that it also talks a lot about uh, how supermarkets have come in and you know before you used to go to the greengrocers and the bakers and the butchers and now you just go to a tesco's and isn't that like so much worse and i just think again 
someone from even like my generation wouldn't really remember a time when that was the case so it does kind of read like it's harkening back to a time that i don't think modern like younger wiccans just getting into wicca would necessarily remember and it says things like chances are we won't see anyone that we know and we will only talk to the checkout operator we can get anything under one roof oh so convenient but at what price and to me i don't think the cost of supermarkets and their convenience is you know that i don't get to talk to mrs jones from down the road while i'm buying parsnips because frankly i hate people who stop and chat in a supermarket get out of the way uh, and also i quite like using the automated checkout machines because then i don't have to talk to anybody um for me i think the cost of supermarkets is more along the lines of industrialized farming and the damage that does to the environment and also like air miles on food and things like that that are actually damaging to the environment but again i feel like this is more of a, a social aspect and i don't feel like it really has much to do with magic and it's not really related back to magic in any way um so i'm going to give you just a little quick quote from page 20. Uh, the final advice of this section is avoid pre-packed meals and start preparing delicious meals from products straight from the farm to your table whenever you can support farmers markets and where possible grow your own herbs and vegetables be mindful of the seasons and the elements and do not worry about magic spells get the first part right and the spells will take care of themselves soon everything that you touch will be magical and you will know when the goddess is walking with you guiding you and changing your life now that's what i call magic and I don't think there's anything wrong with that on the surface of it. I do think if you incorporate magical practice into your daily life, you won't have to like sit down and actually perform a spell because it's already kind of woven into the very fabric of your existence. But I feel like it's very easy to say, oh, yeah, you should just get stuff from farmers and cook everything from scratch and grow things. Because I've only recently moved back to the country from living in a literal cesspit of a flat in Bristol, which didn't have any outside space. And you never even like saw a field anywhere there there wasn't even like a local butcher anywhere near me or anything like that it was literally going to Sainsbury's local on my way back from the office and I feel like this book doesn't really take any of that into account and a lot of people nowadays live in towns and cities and they're not going to have access to some of this stuff so it made it feel one a little bit dated and two a little bit just kind of naive about how people actually live now um I've read quite a few books about like urban magic and urban practice and I'm going to review those when I have the time to reread them to refresh my memory but there's quite a lot of stuff in that about like urban foraging and making use of your environment and I kind of wish that this had had a little bit more of that in it because it feels like it went very kind of straight down the line with natural is good and shop-bought is bad but it's like well some people can only have shop-bought and if you buy a tin of tomatoes and make a pasta sauce with those how is that any better than finding somewhere in the country where you can buy tomatoes and then making those into a sauce also i did find a recipe later on when i was flicking through just looking at recipes um which says to use tinned soup and i was like well make your mind up it, the recipe is on page 59 in case you want to check and see if i am correct it is a recipe for chicken soup pie and you put condensed chicken soup in it but I would describe that as a convenience food, which we're not meant to be using, according to the beginning of the book. So I got very confused. Anyway, enough ragging on the introduction. Beyond that point, I was happy to discover there was actually like useful and relevant information, which I really liked. Page 37, for example, has a really good herbs and spices guide. It lists 
six goals, love, luck, protection, money, insight and success. And then on the next page, page 38, wisdom, travel, courage, peace, happiness, fertility and health. And it lists spices that you can eat and then spices or plants that you could bring into your house or dining room and not eat, but just have as decorations also associated with that magical goal. And that's nice because I find a lot of books like I have um, Llewellyn's Incenses, Oils and Brews, which is just indispensable in terms of recipes for all of the above but I do find some of the herbs in that you know there isn't really a guide as to whether I can eat this or not and also a lot of them are quite hard to come by um, or at least they were before I developed an addiction to online shopping so you know a lot of the times you don't have copal resin or frankincense oil or various other things whereas I think anyone who cooks reasonably regularly would have things like cinnamon or coriander around and even if they didn't they could go to the Sainsbury's on the corner or your local Indian grocery store and buy a big bag of it for a pound so it's not that hard to come across and that's quite a nice section to have in a book um, I'm probably going to copy that into my book of shadows to be honest because it's just seems like quite a useful reference after that the majority of the book is given up to sabbats so for each section you get uh, a brief introduction to the sabbat and then what colors crystals incense ingredients you can use to celebrate it what the purpose of the sabbat is in a sort of short 20 line paragraph and then a sample ritual or blessing or a hand fastening or something that you could do at that time and at the beginning of each sabbat section is a sort of little poem about the sabbat or that could be used maybe as a blessing this one i particularly liked it's for austera and it's page 142 and it says i plant my seed that it may grow my hopes are within it too i sow dear goddess see what i pursue and help me see my dreams come true if i deserve it through work and toil here symbolized by fertile soil the day will come through my volition when i will see my work's fruition and it harm none so be it and i think that's really nice that's definitely something you could say if you were planting some seeds in the garden i have a little patch in my garden now where i grow marigolds and things in the summer so it's quite nice you know you can put your seeds in and do a little seed blessing that's basically the whole book from that point is just for the different sabbats and i think that can be quite useful because for some sabbats not others like for your Samhain, i'm pretty up on what they're about and how to celebrate them and the correspondences but for me a lot of the summer ones kind of blur into one like from Beltane to Samhain I'm just kind of like something to do with sun and grain I'm not sure whereas this kind of breaks them down and gives them different ideas behind them and really explains it in a really nice way so if you are actually looking for a correspondence or guide on how to celebrate the sabbats appropriately um, and recipes with which to do that this is again an excellent book for that uh, chapter 11 which is the last chapter is actually only a few pages long uh, but it gives ideas on remedies so like home remedies and also how to clean uh, in an environmentally friendly way the only thing i disliked about this section is that it was so short <laughs> um, it only lasts from page 277 to 286 um, I really like herbal medicine and 
you know herbal hints and tips around the house for me that's like a massive part of what being a kitchen witch would be about because it's again things that you make in the kitchen things that apply to your home and hearth which is what i've been given to understand that it's about so i wish it had been longer but it gives you some ideas on things that you can use to clean like in an eco-friendly way like bicarb white vinegar salt lemons um, i've used all of those things previously because i'm poor and they are really effective I actually have a, a little copper cauldron which I saved from verdigris with literally just a lemon and some bicarbonate of soda um, in a bowl just scrubbing for ages and it came up lovely. Uh, there's also some recipes in here for cleaning products like wood furniture cleaner, carpet refresher, a lot of things for air freshener which is basically just various combinations of water and essential oils and then there's like three pages of herbal remedies and stuff. Um, I quite like herbal remedies. Um, I used to get this magazine which comes out like every January and it's called Mind, Body, Spirit. Um, I think it's by Dago Steeny or, or something like that. It comes out every January. Usually there's an advert on television and it's all about like witchy stuff and angel cards and all that stuff and it comes with like free gifts and it actually gets really expensive but I usually only get the first issue because it's 99p and it usually comes with a bottle of lavender oil which is just useful uh, but that has a lot of stuff in about like herbal remedies for colds and things so I didn't find this section particularly helpful because it is quite limited and quite generic um, one thing that did worry me slightly was that it gives the advice to use a bread poultice um, and a poultice is basically just like a, a mixture of stuff that is usually warm like a um, I guess face mask consistency but warm and you put it on something that needs to be like brought out or eased so you can put it on like spots or inflamed joints or things like that and it will either like draw out an infection or the warmth from it will like ease the pain of, of what it's been put on. I once put one on my dad's knee for gout it turns out he didn't have gout but the doctor said it was gout so I was going on a professional diagnosis and it did smell absolutely awful because there was a lot of vinegar in there. But the poultice in this book on page 282 is a bread poultice. So you mix it with milk and it says place on the infected area and cover with a light bandage. Remove every morning and make a new poultice until the infection has cleared. Now, I am no physician and please do not accuse me of masquerading as such. But putting yeasty bread and milk on an infected area and then leaving, I'm presuming overnight because it says remove every morning, does not seem like the healthiest thing to do. It seems like one, you're going to get a yeast infection. Two, you're going to get some other kind of infection from the milk because that's going to go off and smell really bad and breed a lot of bacteria. Um, the poultices I've heard of are like things made of like mustard or sage or vinegar, like astringent things that are antibacterial maybe even honey because that's antibacterial as well but definitely not bread and milk which just seems very odd aside from that all the other advice does seem to be quite sound um there's also an interesting recipe for a kind of marigold syrup which you're meant to be able to use for quite a lot of things so i might give that one a try and report back on how well that goes i should probably talk about the recipes um for actual food because they're as i said like 75 percent of the actual book i have to say there are quite a number of these that I probably wouldn't be trying um, 
they do as i said about the introduction seeming a little bit dated some of the recipes also do seem like things that you that i might find in some of my mum's old like women and home cookbooks and that's not to say that you know i wouldn't eat something like that um but i don't think many young uh, younger witches and um, by that i mean like sort of late 20s and down towards the teens would be making for Samhain roast ham with rosemary, roast pork tenderloin, roast cauliflower, bubble and squeak or pickled beetroot. Those just seem like quite adult things and also things that you wouldn't necessarily make for like a solitary celebration. There's quite a nice recipe for cinnamon bread for Samhain which I might do, lemon and rosemary biscuits that sounds really nice, recipe for toffee apples I don't know that you would need a recipe for a toffee apple, but okay, sure. Cider punch, there's recipes for non-alcoholic mead, pumpkin cheesecake. Those sounds like things that, you know, I would definitely pin those on Pinterest. The other recipes seem kind of a little bit odd and slightly dated. Like there's recipes for like smoked mutton and mutton soup. We don't really eat mutton now. Um, at least I don't really think we do. I mean, I don't think I've ever eaten it. Uh, there is actually a recipe for tabbouleh, which looks quite nice. Um, but yeah, a lot of them are a bit odd and not necessarily things that I would make for a celebration for a Sabbath or for, you know, as a solitary. I wouldn't make, for example, potato and leek soup. That just seems like a weird thing. Um, it would be more of a case of me making something small and sweet that can be used as an offering, like a cake or a biscuit. Um and not you know doing like a whole three course meal but i guess some people would and it's like a broad appeal so maybe someone would try these recipes out i probably wouldn't the thing i wish that they had would be uh, just to like pull out a random one and talk about it um so on page 138 i've actually marked this one to maybe look at again later there's a thing called a spell cake and it says this is a plain but far from bland cake that is just waiting for your own signature. Decorate and flavour according to your spell work or ritual. At Imolk, why not add a pinch of saffron and replace some of the sugar with honey? And then it gives a, a basic recipe for a cake, which is just butter, sugar, eggs, water, flour. I kind of wish that it had a little bit more information about what would be appropriate to put in this and like, why are we putting saffron in it? Is it because it will turn it a yellow colour and yellow is an Imolk colour? Um, or is it something to do with the flavour or the magic purpose of the spice if you see what I mean I wish it had like a little bit more information another magazine that I used to read as a teenager was uh, Spirit and Destiny which my dad refers to as Spirit and Density bless him but in that there was once uh, a recipe which I still have written in my book of shadows for um, nutmeg biscuits and the nutmeg is meant to be obviously um, soothing and relaxing in a herbal medicine type sense but it's also meant to be quite comforting and bring a sense of happiness warmth and well-being in a magical sense and that was explained in the recipe and when my nan died um i made a batch of them for for my family my extended family um as kind of a a thing to help them with like grief and as a comfort and i felt that's quite a lot of what was missing in the recipes of this book there wasn't really an explanation of why we're putting these spices in or what these mean in terms of the Sabbath itself or in terms of a magical goal. And I feel maybe the kitchen part could have been 
linked a little bit better to the witch part because it felt like this was a recipe book with an introduction that mentioned witchcraft and very little magic in the, the parts that came after that and I kind of wish that a little bit more effort had been put into the recipe section to make it maybe a little bit more witchy or at least to explain how that thing could be used as a vehicle for magic all in all i'd say it was probably a pretty solid introduction to kitchen witchery i definitely wish it had more witch stuff in there i wouldn't say it was a bad book but i am glad that i only paid like a couple of quid for it instead of the eight pounds uh, on the jacket because i probably would be quite disappointed paying eight pounds for something that i'm not going to use 90 percent of the recipes in um, but there are definitely a few things in there that i will be making a note of coming back to trying out um so i think all in all it was a pretty good book to read and if you can get it out of the library or buy a copy of it quite cheaply i'd say definitely use it as an introduction to kitchen witchcraft if it's something that you're interested in i hope you've enjoyed this episode if you have any other books you know of about kitchen witchcraft let me hear about them because it's a subject i'm interested in pursuing further and you can get in touch via the usual ways of twitter which is at witchfix or email which is witchfixpodcast at gmail.com you can also donate to my patreon through the description box and i'll see you in the next episode bye